Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. Pompous. Duck up. Snot nose. Houston, we have a problem. The Overshare Podcast, episode, oh, series two, episode two. Right on. Incredible. How are you this week, Miss Todd? Just plowing through season two. Oh, this is two in a row. No. Ish. Yeah. Well, there, was, there was one and now there's a second one. That's yes. two in a row. In the meantime, you did some traveling. I, I have uh, driven so many miles, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. It turns out in about three and a half days, I drove just a little over 2,000 miles or uh, for my metric friends, I think that's about 3,600 kilometers. And, uh, Did you bring Oscar this time? Yes. The testicularly the challenged testicularly challenge puppy. Yes, he, he came. Though we did, because we this is a college road trip to take my eldest daughter and uh, you know, decamp her into, <laughs> into her new... Tim is weeping. I am. They're just, uh, just holding <laughs> it back. But the... Uh, so... We had a whole bunch of stuff for her, plus all the family wanted to go and see where she was going to college, so we really needed... You can't have had that much stuff, because you were many people in very little trunk. Well, we hired a minivan. Oh, okay. Because there was no way that all of her stuff, her, I think, roughly 19 pairs of shoes, uh, was going to... Uh, He's saying it like it's weird, because it's, not, know, it's I, not weird at I, all. It's not weird. Um... And she left me with ex- kind of on the low side. explicit instructions uh, regarding a couple of pairs of her shoes that no one is ever to have touched them. And, and to, Tim is wearing them. I now. have to assign a bodyguard, and it's it's <laughs> it's a little weird. But uh, yeah, so we drove from New York to Wisconsin and back again in like three and a half days, and uh, that's a long way. It's just long, and every it's it's far, and there's nothing to see. It's pretty flat Born. in the middle, right? Corn. Corn and soybeans. Soybeans are pre- the crop is pretty, right? It's like a little blanket of green leaves. Yeah, but it's. Leaves. But yeah. you know, you know hundred or so miles, you kind of got the right, general right. gist there of are, it. There are no sort of beautifully undulating hills. There are no mountains on that trip. It's just long, flat stretches of road. This which is which why is we like, coastal people cling to the shores. Well, it, it's also weird for me because anywhere that's sort of two hundred miles inland from the shore in Australia turns to desert more or less. Uh, it's very barren and very, very dry. So being able to drive for 16 hours, uh, sort of more or less inland and up, and not hit desert, is uh, it was yeah. quite a unique uh, moment for us. But the other thing I did while we were doing this, one of the reasons we got the minivan was uh, to make sure... So that everyone lived through the trip. What? So none of my th- three children were actually within arm's reach of one another, which was good. <laughs> and uh, But we also got the one with the highfalutin DVD uh, player and everything system, that's a smart move. Oh my gosh, I would have paid twice what I paid to rent that car if I'd known it was going to be as good as it was. And uh, and so the girls watched movies endlessly all the way there and all the way back. Like uh, I can thoroughly a variety of movies or was it no like no it was a variety we never Pitch went... Perfect on loop. No, we did watch Pitch Perfect once. I think that that was the inaugural movie on the way out. But uh, I know the Hickson Clan. But we did. Uh, there was I thoroughly recommend uh, Sound of Music. Listening to it. Well, you know, it's three hours long or three and a half hours long, so that, you know, it takes up a decent whack right. of time. It's also very difficult to get ensconced in uh, road rage with uh, <laughs> how do we solve a problem like Maria. So it's very, very difficult it to get all. I think for me, I'd go postal. <laughs> yeah, you might. Um, 
But the longer the movie, the better. And I can also not recommend as you a... You guys watch Schindler's List as a family? <laughs> as Well, as a listening, uh, you know, as an audio tape sort of mechanism, I cannot recommend any of the Transformer <laughs> movies. There's about 12 lines of dialogue in there. Which I've, and all you hear for the rest of it is... You know, it's just like endless whooshes and bangs and, uh, you know, the occasional Autobot roll out. And that's yeah. really it. Uh, so not the best. Although, inside the car, you've got the full surround yeah. sound thing going on. And we had the bass turned up from the previous... Uh, renters obviously so the entire sort of walls was reverberating. The, was reverberating which the girls especially laura thought was amazing <laughs> and uh yeah it was <laughs> it was a fun trip was so. your wife in the back part of this watching no she she, it, she said she was going to at one stage but then never actually eventuated she sat up the front uh because although she doesn't backseat drive too much she does like to make sure that i'm staying awake because i did all the driving so yeah. it's like you know how are you feeling you good yeah, I'm, I'm as good as Slapping I was you, when you asked me coffee. three minutes ago. So um, How about now? <laughs> yeah, what about now? What about now? So anyway, uh, back from that long trip, and uh, thankfully I don't think we've got any more long plans. Although we had considered driving down to Florida this coming weekend just for giggles, you know. No, it was... <laughs> <laughs> the look of horror, not translate well. is like, no, not true. But just uh, <laughs> slap him. Canada the week before, Wisconsin this week, and I think we're done. Are you going to Australia again on visas? Yes, uh, we are doing that. Uh, but you're not driving. If it was possible to drive, I would happily drive. Although I'd probably get the van because it's the most comfortable drive I've ever had, I think. Maybe you can put it on a raft. I never thought I would be excited about a minivan, and I've, I have religiously... But if you can sit and drive and literally Just drive... the locusts, you if, know? If you can literally drive for 16 hours without coming away with a sore back... Or saw ours for that matter. Yeah. Then something, you know, you're doing something right. The good people at what Chrysler? It was Chrysler Town and Country. Well done. You know. They do many it, it was well. It was one of those moments where the guys like we got this one and this one. This one's got better mileage, but this one has leather seats and a DVD player. I'm like, I'm going to take the DVD player. Thanks. You're just trying for to a thousand. save whatever vestige of coolness you have. Uh, of cool as left. I, I was trying to make sure everybody got there alive. All so, dignity shredded yeah. and. Re- exactly right and what have you been up to while i've been gallivanting around i do i was mainly recumbent in my house i think when i was not at work really yeah not in a fun sexy way just in a sleeping it (laughs) off way we renovated renovated some real estate at work that kept me working like uh you know 15 hour days every weekend day for a couple weeks without breaks uh for the weekdays so i was just all turned around so it hasn't been too exciting. I made it to a few movies. I did, nice. I did make it outside like once or twice. Yeah. As I saw when I when I spent Sharknado in the evening with you, I was like, I just need to spend some time with people I didn't pay to be with, <laughs> to pay to work for me. Um, meaning my office. So yeah, not too much exciting. I it was too muggy Labor Day weekend to go outside. I was yeah. thinking, it's like, oh, it looks lovely. Nope, terrible. Turn around. It was terrible. And I heard that from a lot of people. They just didn't want to go. Yeah, out. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a low key weekend. I made it to the movies. Like I said, I saw a, a double bill. Back-to-back dystopia, Elysium, and the world's end. I remembered my training. I really, I was in peak condition for two movies. <laughs> there you go. We did some light stretching and hydration in between. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Because that's just, a, you, I mean, you can easily do yourself a major injury if you go in unprepared. You can definitely pull a hammy. Oh, without doubt. I mean, that, that would be the least of your concerns, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. So Elysium, World's End. Yeah. Uh, World's End, I, I'll talk about it first. I was more excited about that. That was the one that I was like, I have to see this. So right. I am a big fan of, of British things, but also specifically of the collaborations between Edgar Wright, the director, and Simon Pegg, who um, they co-wrote this. 
Ever had one of those nights that starts out like any other, but ends up being the best night of your life? I did. Our goal that night was simple. 12 pubs, 12 pints. From the first post to the world's end. But that night, we never made it. I saw the boys the other day. Uh -huh. We're going to go back to Newton Haven. Why? Five guys, 12 pubs, 50 pints. 60 pints. <laughs> Steady on, you alkie. This is our chance to finally finish what we started. <laughs> we are going to do the Golden Mile, and this time, we are going to see it through to the bitter end. Or lager end. And they did uh, what they call the Cornetto Trilogy, named after an ice cream treat in England that happens to feature minimally in all three movies. I've eaten um, many Cornettos. Yeah, so you... you uh, being Britain adjacent, yes, uh, are familiar with the Cornetto. It I has am. not made the leap like the Magnum. No, and it, hasn't. it probably won't because we have things like it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's basically like ice cream in a cone with chocolate and nuts on the outside, right? Yeah, it yeah, is. We it's have not, these. It's infinitely inferior to the Golden Gay Time, which I think is destined to be a success we here need this in, right in, now. in America. Exactly. What is that? It's an ice cream with a sort of... It's like a biscuit sort of thing on the outside. I've seen a few sort of faux attempts at it here, but it's really good, and it's called a gold... Like an ice cream sandwich? No, I mean, it's like an ice cream on a stick, but, okay. it's, but it's like... I kind of... It's like sort of like a bit like a caramel-flavoured ice cream, but with crunchy sort of biscuit-type stuff on the outside. Delightful. It's fantastic. And, and my most favourite thing about it was that when I was growing up, the advertising campaign for it was, it's so hard to have a gay time on your own, which I think is fantastic. It's true. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, see, we need this. Advertisers and uh, marketers in America just a, bring us, a, what is a, it? The golden gay time. Golden gay time. It's time has come. <laughs> I would imagine. I the marketing could, opportunities in Chelsea alone. Right, in the you could sell billions of those oh, yeah. without even trying. Yeah, I, I would know. stock this freezer with them. <laughs> I would move out meat products. Wouldn't even matter what they tasted like. <laughs> Get me a golden gate on. Such a good conversation piece for dinner party. Uh, yeah, so anyway, we digress from Cornetto. So the the, the first movie was Shaun of the Dead, which yep. was their send off of it. Like they they very much reside in the kind of traditional Britain with a twist. It's sort of like they're 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 not trying to be American. They're trying to kind of do what they do with the twist. So they like the like the little something happening in the little quaint village that actually has a sort of evil cabal that runs it, yep. uh, a la Hot Fuzz. Uh, so there's send-ups. Shaun of the Dead was their zombie, their zom-com. Yep. Um, not a zom-rom-com, no, no, but understand. a zom-com. And then uh, Hot Fuzz was a cop thing, like a send-up on, ba send on bad boys that is my favorite of the trilogy. Yep. So that I'm giving it away. So I liked it. It's In fact, the, you uttered the expression earlier, you are all Hot Fuzz all the time, <laughs> I, am. I believe. I'm all in for Hot Fuzz. It's a deeply troubling expression to me, but okay. I love that movie. Uh, Edgar Wright is very visually uh, distinctive. He does sort of these sort of sharp cuts and, yep. and different things. So it's it's more of that. So stylistically, if you like the others, it um, it it is also what is it like a, an alien takeover yep. sort of thing? Which uh, but set in like it's a bunch of it starts with a bunch of guys who were friends in high school, yep. who went on an epic on pub, pub crawl, crawl. Yep. on their last night and didn't. It's supposed to be twelve bars. They didn't make it all the way because people you know drunk and went all sorts of places. And one of them who is not quite progressed in life is hell-bent on coming back and so when they go back to the little um it's sort of like the suburbs it'd be the equivalent of you know going out to your your town in connecticut or new jersey uh when they go you know out to their suburban community uh they find it is very changed yeah. uh lots of good people in it like people we love like hobbit martin freeman yeah sherlock martin freeman yeah, a great cast nick frost who's been in all of these as uh the straight man this time which is usually the simon Pegg role 
Uh, anyway, worth saying, pretty funny. Absolutely mobbed on a Friday night. Massive line outside, more crowded than anything else. Wow. That may be more of a New York thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's worth saying. I, we laughed a lot. My friend who had not seen the other movies really enjoyed it, which is good. Yeah. You know, he, like he didn't, and he, he, he doesn't, doesn't, he's need not, context a, or... yeah, and not an Anglophile, not, you know, but just thought of its own piece, this is entertaining and funny. Yeah. So clever, go see it, give it your money. Elysium, on the other hand, I gotta put in the category. Really? Yeah. Not terrible, but excited. not great either. Uh, very derivative. So from about image one, I was like, and he's the Christ figure, and here's what's gonna happen to him. Like it was just quite predictable. Okay. Well filmed a little bit, but but a bit dull. Some of the characterizations, yeah. like they did certain things that were supposed to be shocking, but they fell flat. Okay. Like oh, here's this character you know who's well known. Kill that person, and then you're like, eh, okay. Yeah, right. uh, it just wasn't it, like it was like all the elements were there, but something didn't gel. Yeah. So we both were kind of like, eh, it was fine. There were some visually interesting things, but it just didn't. It, it wasn't. Yeah. The, the sum, it, the whole was less than the sum of the parts. Somehow. Right. Is this the first thing we've seen from um, the director whose name escapes me? Blomkamp. Neil. Neil. Yeah. Uh, no. Second. Since, since District Nine. Yes. No. Wait. I don't know. And we can't fact check because my computer <laughs> is being used to record this podcast. I will check. Uh, it's. I want to think there might be something in the middle, but it's certainly the next big thing. I mean, uh, District Nine was not at all that sort of movie. I mean, very. Um, I mean, visual effects driven, but a very non-classical sort of delivery in almost every way. I apologize. Sort of, it was the next thing. Okay. Um, so, you know, semi kind of. Um, Documentary style and all sorts of really interesting yeah. things in District Nine and allegories to I... racial politics right. and you know immigrants um, and 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 this does that too right but just not well I didn't think so but True Confessions haven't seen District Nine yet so can't st- can't okay. suck it up it visually interesting we didn't go that we went the two D route not the three D route yep. I believe I don't even know if there is the a fact th- that I don't 3D remember of oh really I don't think so well maybe there was and I saw it so. <sighs> We ate these weird brownies before the movie, so... So, you know, <laughs> I would have imagined that would have made the movie better. Yeah. So Something if, needed to. So if you take off the brownie factor, <laughs> you go from meh to... <laughs> yeah. That's a worry. To sleepy. Uh, which could happen anyway. So, yeah. Well, what about you? Movies? I haven't seen a lot. I managed to see Wolverine. We did have a grand plan for, like, an epic movie day, and it yeah, just and did just, not happen. failed. And, and, but, the uh, yeah, I got a chance to see Wolverine, which I've been wanting to see over the summer. Uh, the second Wolverine installment and the fifth, or is it sixth X-Men movie? Um, All right, we had the Origins thing. Yeah, so we must be up to six now. There's the first three X-Men, X-Men Origins. Uh, was X-Men, that the University one? No, X-Men First Class. That was excellent. Uh, and then there was the first Wolverine one, which is Origins, and then this one. Okay. Um, I heard Origins not so great. I can't remember if I saw it, which is not great either. Yeah, I, look, I thought it was pretty good. I, Leo I think, Schreiber was in it, which usually is a thumbs up for me. Yeah, I mean, I I thought they were both pretty good, both of the Wolverine movies. They're solid. They're not, you know, it's not earth-changing, you know, most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's not an Avengers movie. It's just a good, solid... I, I mean, someone was commenting on the fact that um, just having... Uh, Robert Downey Jr.? No, sorry, I was talking, thinking about Wolverine. What's his name? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, sorry, drawing a blank for the Australian. Um, he's just such a likable person that yeah. you put him in a movie, and even if the movie's, eh, you, 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 he's sort of carrying it with a kind of effortlessness now that you just like, 
oh, you know, I'm all in for Wolverine and, you know, do it. And interestingly enough, they did the thing which was to tease the next X-Men movie at the end of it. And uh, who should turn up but uh, Professor Xavier, Back from the Dead. Nice. So, How they pull uh, that one off? Uh, they didn't really explain that except to say, well, we all have secrets. Or um, I told you I had, you know, special power. He and the gifts shield or, agent were somehow right, on not, a holiday together. Right, and became undead. Um, In Belize with, uh, <laughs> with some of the cast from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. The, uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, I would give it, you know... A sort of six, six and a half, maybe, I guess. Let's talk about our rating scale, because yep. I come off all mean. Yeah. So I am rating... Oh, dear me. I am... Man down. <laughs> <laughs> I was just literally a spider dropped from the ceiling onto the piece of paper that Anne's looking at, and I just... Beat it. I just beat it to death. It's on our notes. <laughs> Thankfully, it. it's not obscuring anything. She's going to draw a little body outline for it so that the police It's appropriately next to under the dome. Where I feel like there needs to be something splattered. Rating um, scales. So, rating scales. So, yeah. I rate against the genre, yeah. against the sort of continuum of history. So, if it's Les Mis, I'll say Les Mis, in the continuum of musical movies, yeah. is X. Yeah. Right? So, I, I, that's how I rate. Yeah. Tim is more the current cinema. Yeah, I... I, I I think it has something to do with an extraordinarily short attention span. You're also trying not to screw it. You're like, you might work with some of those people. So you be like, I loved it. I give it four stars. <laughs> oh, look, in fairness, I mean, if, if I don't like a movie, I'll tell you that I don't like a movie. Or if I thought a movie was just uninteresting, then I'll then I'll tell you. Uh, sucking up is not really my style. But, uh, but I, I do have a tendency to sort of judge things by what's around them uh, rather than rather than over the pantheon of history. So if I'm seeing a sci-fi movie, I probably won't compare it to Star Wars, uh, you know, which is sort of sitting at, and and so two movies that are not like necessarily a colossus, right? And so two movies that are not necessarily as good as each other may end up with the same score in my rating system, which is I know a bit stupid, deeply flawed. I know it is a deeply flawed system, uh, but I do end up with more friends that way, because um, generally I'm just nicer about everything. Yeah, um, I won't. I won't really argue with that. <laughs> but no, I mean it is. Uh, entertainment value for me ranks very, very highly. So suspension of disbelief. Oh, you not entertained. Su- su- suspension of disbelief okay. for me is a particularly because I'm a person who can get distracted very easily by poor visual effects and those sort of things because right. that's what you we know do. how the sausage is made. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's the sort of thing that can pull you out of the moment very easily. So if something engages me enough to feel like I've been entertained and I've enjoyed myself, I've laughed a few times or whatever. No, uh, that for me is a good is a good film. I don't necessarily need every movie to be, you know, Schindler's List or whatever in terms of a sort of deep and meaningful. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I do a genre. I don't do it like yeah. in the whole content. You know, you know, I say like, how is Wolverine against all the movies of all time, or you know, Pitch Perfect? Be like, yeah. oh, for these kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I would definitely put it behind uh, movies like The Avengers, which I uh-huh. think are really sort of sitting at the top of their kind of genre right yeah. now. I just think they have a, a sense of... The, the combi- superpower genre? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you only need to look at the box office and they're really sort of hitting the right note with people. Yeah. But I think they've got that combination of action and humour and taking themselves not too seriously but seriously enough to be cool. 
Yeah. Uh, which I think the others have just really struggled at, even yeah. the later Superman and those sort of things. I, I think they're just struggling hard to keep up. Yeah, Superman's always tough because when we talked about this, he's slightly humorless. Yeah, yeah, I, which is I think... But look, if they can sell Captain America, they can sell Superman. Uh, and I think that's my point, is is it just means you, for a character like Superman who's a little humorless because he can't die... I think you've got to do something he's else. T- and he's a terribly nice guy. Right. You've got to do something <laughs> else with him in order yeah. to be able to make him reachable and uh, and attainable and likable by, by people. It's not just enough that people would want to be Superman. Everybody wants to be Iron Man. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> what are you without a metal, metal suit, you know, billionaire yeah. philanthropist playboy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, rating scale. Yours is infinitely superior to mine. Mine is extremely facile, not unlike myself, <laughs> and that's the way I intend to keep it. I'm not changing it for anybody. Fair enough. So, so you've been warned, people. Yes. I'm going to come over all mean and, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Withholding. If you like movies uh, that are representative of the common man, then you'll probably like the way in which I rank my, my movies. If you're a little more discerning, then you should probably take note of what Anne says and completely ignore what I have to say. I have to say, I think we both, like, compared to, like, say, the typical critical palette, have wildly diverse tastes and blind spots. Like, I like, you know, the arty movies, and then I like Con Air, or, you know what I mean? So, I also kind of grade relative to the genre. Yeah. But yes, I agree. So, I I agree mine is superior. Um... (laughs) So let's talk. My eldest daughter watched. Um, speaking of you know arty movies, my eldest daughter watched Anna Karenina the other day and hated it with a passion. Yeah, I wanted to like that a lot more than I did. Yeah, I actually was kind of like, eh, I don't think. For I somebody who this. loves, you know, Pride and Prejudice and, and watches these things incessantly, she really, really wanted to love it, but just like just couldn't. No, couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah, come at it. I think a lot of people felt that way. Unfortunately, uh, anyway, and it showed. A major digression. Where Let's are we? Let's talk what are we news. news. So there's a little news story a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about the best-paid actors on TV. I know. I mean, it, these these things never cease to boggle my mind. But overall, I mean, not just actors, but highest-paid talent on television. The person uh, who, I the, use that term advisedly. <clears throat> well, <laughs> see, here's the thing. I mean, you can mark their talent in inverted commas, <laughs> and then they can go, "Yeah, but I made forty-five million dollars last year. How much did you make?" Yeah. Uh, and oh, coming in at number... I myself to sleep on my money. I mean, it is, it is amazing to me uh, just just to see the list and where people turn up. But sitting at number one... That uh, hurt. <laughs> don't get stabbed by my broken iPhone. Uh, Judge Judy Scheinland. Good Lord. $45 million. I gotta say, I mean, again, I don't like reality TV and I don't really like daytime television... That is garbage. Those judge shows are all terrible. People obviously want to see a no-nonsense, tough-as-nails, yeah. call... Tough-as-nails. Call bullshit when you hear bullshit yeah. on, on TV. They're just like... Critics that I love, like including NPR's Linda Holmes, yep. enjoys the judge. I can't... The rest are pale imitations. Judge Joe Brown. I would probably rather pull out my him. nails than watch an hour of that. Although, having said that, I'm just looking at the list. Judge Joe Brown came in with a paltry $20 million this year. How does he eat? <laughs> Poor bastard. But uh, but these things are just fascinating to me in, in terms of... I mean, obviously that happens because of uh, just a whole bunch of sale and resale of the show all across the... Who advertises that? I bet it's that thing, that stair, that uh, chair that takes you up and down the stairs. <laughs> uh, you you could well be right. I don't know, but uh, I was interested to see that uh, in depends the depends undergarments. Depends. 
that uh, in Sponsored the by. drama category was a uh, one oh, number one with a bullet. Number one with a oh, bullet. Agent Gibbs. Agent Gibbs. Five hundred thousand dollars an episode. Mark Harmon from NCIS. Rushing it. There it is. Most of that money's coming directly from the Todd family. Yeah, from my grandfather. <laughs> He's just eating That's it up. That's his pension money. In yeah. at number two, the Mariska Hargitay, $385,000. procedural. Yep. Grey's Anatomy, Patrick Dempsey. Grey's and An- that is money well spent. Grey's Anatomy, Ellen Pompeo. Okay. Sandra O, oh, also from Grey's well, Anatomy. We'll save all, some money on that next all on, year. All on $350,000 a year. Simon Baker, Simon Baker from The Mentalist, $300,000. It's all procedural. He's one of your people. Dexter, two ninety five. Okay, ending this. John Hamm from Mad Men, $250,000 an episode. Also money well spent. Uh, David, Bur- I don't even know how you pronounce his last name, from Bones. Oh, Boreans or something like that? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, Bones. Yep. Another person. Ted Danson, So it's not just the for NCAA, I mean for CSI. Correct. And Kiefer Sutherland Touch, 225 grand. Are people watching that? Is that still a thing? I don't even know if that's still a thing, to be I honest. He's getting that because of 24. He's not getting that because of Touch, which I thought was also garbage. High, <laughs> Sentimental. Highest paid comedy actors, and go. Ooh. It, it's got to be the Big Bang. Oh, wait. Uh... Who's a celebrity on a comedy? Uh, probably a new girl chick. Uh, no. No. This is probably these are probably shows I don't watch on the he's, networks. He's a ship in to two and a half men, Mr. Ashton Kutcher. Oh god, I should have. That's a layup. Why did I not get that? Seven hundred thousand dollars an episode. Boosh. I I am. I detest that show. <laughs> John Cryer, six hundred thousand dollars for two How and a half men. I not think of that. Tina Fey, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for well Thirty spent. Rock. Also done. Alec Baldwin, three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I didn't think of shows that were completed. Alec Baldwin getting himself a late night talk show. Yes. Fascinating. Uh, Dan Castellaneta from The Simpsons, oh. three hundred grand. Well, that is money well spent. That guy does a lot of work. And then uh, we've got. Uh, a couple from the Big Bang Theory. Okay. That's fascinating to me. We I have two not... people from the Big Bang Theory. Well, that's one of the biggies. That's another Chuck Lorre. Oh, no, there they go. They just separated them for reasons that I don't really understand. Uh, I thought, oh, I'm only having two people making 300 grand when everybody, you know, you're well, an ensemble the two of leads. five. But it would be the two. It... Do they have leads? Yeah. Then? All right. Sheldon and. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nerdy ones. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The uh, one who wins all the Emmys, uh, whose name escapes me, if you said it. Jim, Jim something. Yeah, I don't know. From Texas. Why do I know this? Tell me, late night. So what's her name's not in there from uh, The New Girl? No. Okay. Because I kind of thought, you know, with, that you, your movie stars doing TV get well yeah. paid. Not in your first season, probably two seasons. I mean, until it hits sort of epic status. Yeah, when it's you interesting. Can come back and renegotiate. Thirty Rock was never a big success. It was critically, it was never a commercial success. Yeah, so it's that's interesting true. they got those kind of paychecks. I mean, Alec Baldwin, yes. Tina Fey, I suppose, bumped up her paycheck being the lead writer on Saturday Night Live and, yep. the, and the anchor head writer. L- late night hosts all making truckloads of money. I had no idea John Stewart got paid so much money. Yeah, he's the winner, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. But, but it's just like... Yeah, you don't think on Comedy Central that he's absolutely cleaning everybody else's I mean, I, I, wh- where's that money coming from? Advertising. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Ooh. He has no And in, and in uh, vaguely depressing, would you like to uh, take a guess in uh, 
reality TV. Oh, I am so out of my depth on that. Mariah Carey, $17 million for oh, judging. American Idol. Oh, okay, so Ryan, this is not going to be judges. Ryan Seacrest, $15 million. Howard Stern, $15 million. Britney Spears, not coming back, $10 million. And the Kardashian family, $10 million. Oh. There it is. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. And, uh, and what a contribution they're all making to civilization, especially oh. the latter part of that list. Look, let's be honest. Nobody... I mean, Actors have always been paid well yeah. above, you know, the sort of station as far as uh, contributions to society are concerned. Well, look, Tina Fey's doing God's work as far as I'm concerned, so. Yeah, I am. All right. All right. Yeah, so that's, of, that's the news. Enough of those shenanigans. So let's talk, following on from that, yep. we want to talk TV. Now, we're going to be backward looking, mm-hmm. you know, as, as is our want, <laughs> uh, and then look to fall next week. So yes. the idea is we're going to start talking about... Uh, what what we didn't talk to you about over the summer. So yep. some new shows that came out in the summer. Yep. Some honorable mentions that are over now, but you've got time to catch up before there's another season. And some returning favorites. Well, favorites are not favorites. All right, some new shows over the summer. The Bridge. This is based on a Swedish-Danish series. It is about... Uh, I'm quite eight, partial to a little Danish, but I don't know. Six weeks. Six weeks. Mm. Seven weeks at this point, I think. Wow. Uh, so they, they set this at the border between uh, Juarez, Mexico, and El Paso, Texas. Okay. Now, the, the Swedish-Danish border is not so politically loaded as this one. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, social injustice, murder. It's a procedural of, of a piece. Uh, yeah. Diane Kruger, who is a German actress, in it, is in it, uh, and Demian Bashir, who was nominated for an Oscar in a movie, uh, gosh, that I want to call it A Better Life or A Better World or something like that. There were two movies nearly the same time about that. He was an Oscar nominee for that, and the film itself was nominated. Um, but he uh, is a wonderful, wonderful actor, and it, it was billed. One of the big like uh, selling points or one of the big things that they, the network FX uh, mentioned about the show is it was bilingual, yep. so which would make sense if you're going to spend part of your time in Mexico. So this opens with a dead body on the bridge, exactly in the middle, and the body is cut in half, and it is white on the top and brown on the bottom. So it is uh, one of the sort of lost women of Juarez who's been murdered, and then a judge, an American judge. And so the idea is that the killer, ostensibly, who is obviously crazy. Uh, is trying to point to the social justice. Like, how come in this many people die in war as nothing happens? You know, one person dies, one white person dies, and then, you know, in America, and it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, what, what can we do about this? And you've got journalists, you've got, the, the, you've got a sort of task force between the Mexican police and the American police. Buffalo Bill from uh, Silence of the Lambs playing mm-hmm. a cop, playing a good guy. Uh, and, and, you know, and deep troubled characters, all sorts of things going on. So... I want to like it more than I probably do, but I still like it. I am enjoying it. I don't know that it's a good TV show, but yeah. I like it. My chief problem is Diane Kruger, who plays a character who is on the spectrum, shall we say. Shall we say. And I'm getting bored of the kind of like having some kind of issue like this, mm-hmm. a la Homeland, and gives yeah. you a superpower yeah. for crime solving. Yeah, right. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that is true. Like, her inability to cope. She's telling the judge's husband. It's on TV. Husband, happen, it'll be true. Right. It's absolutely. I mean, this is a thing that is happening. So, you know, she's telling the judge's, judge's husband about her death and has no ability, of course, to, you know, deal with his emotions. Every time he's getting upset and agitated by her, by her sort of flat affect questions, 
would you like a glass of water? And I just, I don't know if it's her as an actress that's not compelling or the way she, or the character they've given her yeah. or, you know, some combination of the two. I suspect it's that. Yeah. It's not completely working for me, but I like some of the ancillary characters and especially the Demon Bashir, who's the co-star, so much that I'm hanging in. And yeah. it's the summer, so there's the sliding summer scale. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have not. Will you see it? I'm not sure. It's probably not your jam. Yeah, it's probably not my jam. It's crimey. <laughs> Lady Jill. <laughs> uh, okay. So give it a, give it a ranking. Uh, Summer sliding scale rating. Five and a half. Five point five, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the German judge would vote it higher. <laughs> yeah, but you always lose one judge in the in the panel. That's how it works. So they can't just shamelessly give themselves. Yeah. Uh, so Graceland is a new USA There's show. A change in your assignment. You're not going to DC. Where am I going? Southern California. We got a new agent coming in. He's a new trainee. Name's Mike Warren. Graduated top of his class at Quantico. So did Briggs, and he can't even match his socks. These aren't my socks. You, me, Briggs, Charlie, or FBI, Lauren and Donnie, you DEA. Oh, and Jake's is customs. Mike Warren, new guy. Don't touch anything. Don't get comfortable. Okay. You're Agent Briggs. I'm honored to be training with you, sir. You familiar with the chore wheel? I am, sir. Where it says Dishes Briggs, I want you to think Dishes Mike. Mike. Think of it as a wax on, wax off sort of thing. You are now an undercover agent for the Bureau. From this moment on, your lies are your life. A new original series coming summer 2013 on USA. Characters welcome. This, I believe, I want to say, again, check, no fact-checking, um, is the creator of, I want to say maybe Burn Notice. Based on, based loosely based on a true story. So Burn yeah. Notice is ending. Yeah. This is his kind of handover. I'm staying in the business with USA. Crawling its way to its end. Yes, it is. And I'm kind of, I'm watching it because I want to see how it ends up. But yep. I feel like the last couple seasons have been kind of actively dull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just been phoning it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just and they took it to dark places, and I don't think too much credit. Like, it, I don't think we gained anything from what the way the roads they took it down. Yeah, I think you know when it stayed in more the USA model, the light buzzy model, yeah. it worked a little better. Yeah, like white collar. Yep. So you're just trying to make it into something that it wasn't. And, yeah. and if you manage to do the transformation, then it becomes you know earth shattering. But if you don't make the leap, which is more often the way, you you just end up with a thing where you just sort of you know. As my mother would say, tried to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Yeah. So, you know, I will finish for now. So, Graceland is uh, based on a true story where they have this house where you had, I think, DEA. Is it DEA, FBI's? I mean, there's a whole bunch of sort of agencies all together under one roof. Um, Acronym house? Yes. Um, that's the show NTSC, SUV, SD, or whatever it is, San Diego, um, which is a takeoff on all of those. Uh, so, this is. Uh, an ensemble cast, um, you know, some vaguely familiar faces, no major, like, these are TV stars more. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. You know, they're trying to do mythology, and yeah. they're trying to do standalone cases, yeah. but they're really more stuck on the mythology, so they're trying to, you know, move toward that more serious model. Yep. 
it's okay. It's not bad. I mean, I, the USA shows, the thing that's, that makes them kind of, that network is always killing it, really, yep. with their shows, is they show them a lot. So yep. if they don't show up first in your DVR, you're going to pick them up. So they're easy yep. to catch up with. I end yep. up watching them on, like, the Monday night when nothing is on. Yeah. Um, so I will probably keep watching this. It's not doing terribly well. And yep. USA, I think, is worried because they got a couple shows that are faltering and or ending. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think they have new breakout hits coming up. You've right. got shows reaching a level of maturity, like the yep. White Collars. Yeah. Covert Affairs, which was fantastic last season, yep. is not good, in my opinion, this season. Which yep. is, And I was all, like, I like that show. Yep. I'm a big fan. And I find I almost, like, resent seeing it in my DVR, which is a bad trend. Yeah, right. So uh, they have Royal Pains, which also has become, I think, a really terrible show that yep. I am also watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, like the Glades on A&E, which is awful, and I watch it. And I text with my friend in D.C. about it. I mean, if the Glades writers could get in and really take over some of the newsroom's deficiencies this season, I think they could turn that ship around. So, okay, so broad, uh, so You're that's part basically... part of the problem, you know that, right? Just, why these bad things are on? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is why you can't have good Procedurals nice are like, my, not my kryptonite, what is it? The thing Crack. that I... Yeah. Like, you, know, you know it's bad for you. You're just gonna do it anyway. If I'm bored and sleepy, I will watch them. Mm. So, good, speaking of better procedurals, yep. Broadchurch, BBC America. So yep. this is a transplant, not like that garbage copper that is a <laughs> BBC America production that is in. Yeah. It actually has what's his name? There's an actor I love. Uh, of course, it escapes me now. Redheaded. Come on, go redheaded actor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that guy. I follow him on Twitter. You know Tim, the one. Uh, was on that show that I liked a while ago that had one season. Terriers. He was on Terriers. Okay. That was incredible and lasted one season. Why, I'm like, his wife's name is Susan. His sister was in The Fighter. Now, I mean, I, I know a lot about him and I can't remember his name. Anyway, he's on Copper this season, which almost tempted me, but did not to go back to that piece of garbage in my opinion. So Broadchurch is a British show. Yep. It's another one of those short serials. I want to say six or eight episodes. It's being renewed, but the, this season centers around a very small town uh, in, in England, uh, you know, kind of rural uh, coastal town, where a, a small child has been found murdered. Nice. So, uh, and, and you've got uh, David Tennant, TV's former Doctor Who. Yep. Uh, as one of the detectives, he's been uh, disgraced on a prior case Good. where he did not have clarity. He did not. Uh, solve the case yep. and transfer to this town so he's like he is t- he's partnered with the woman who resents him because she wanted his job okay hilarity ensues or sadness <laughs> sadness and drama ensues so it's sort of like what I like about it is it's going slow and it's going slow like the killing season one where you see what happens to a town and a family and a community when someone dies yeah a small one you know yep. and the ripples of that and now everyone's starting to be suspicious of one another and we're moving toward closure I think it's a good show. I mean, is it fantastic? No, but the pacing is good. The acting is good. Some of the characterization a little floppy. Yeah. But it's worth seeing. It's on Wednesday nights at 10. Mm-hmm. So Broadchurch, I would say check that out if, if that is your thing. Yeah. Um, Luther just burned off. Uh, it came and went. Uh, burned off season three. That's more of a returning show, but that was on BBC America as yep. well. They burned off, I think, what was a week season in four nights back to back. So I think they felt, they're like, yeah, just get it. Yeah, yeah, just pounds it out. And also, most everybody really wanted to watch it probably already did because they take so long to, <laughs> to yeah, show yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, so here's one thing that, I, it's not just the end show, something that uh, we've both been watching, which yes. is the Netflix summer series. So Netflix, you know, spending lots of money, like lots of press about, say, House of Cards, lots yep. of press about Arrested Development, and then quietly put up billboards for Orange is the New Black and then absolutely got the critical media um, and a lot of fan base 
rabid fans of the show. Yeah. So it's had a really, it's already, and it was already renewed before it dropped. Yep. Uh, drop as they do. They drop the whole season at once. Yep. So this is uh, based on a true story, based on a book called Orange Is the New Black by a woman named Piper Kerman, who uh, was a woman who had a youthful fling with a woman who was a drug smuggler, carried money, uh, then becomes like a you know bourgeois sort of New Yorker uh, who that case that discre- the indiscretion catches up to her and she ends up uh, voluntarily. Uh, going to jail for a year yep. Uh, so as not to deal with the bigger case. So she voluntarily uh, surrenders yep. and goes to jail in a kind of a Connecticut prison yep. for a year. And she's blonde. She went to like uh, Smith or somewhere like that. You know, she's like, what's a girl like that doing a place like that, right? Yep. And it's about, she's a starting point for an, a broad ensemble cast. So what do you think, Tim, now that I've It is, it uh, I think it's a really interesting show. I think it's... Uh, Creator of Weeds. Created this, Genji Cohen. Got it. The um, it is for mine. It, it has a few deficiencies uh, that may not be viewed by everybody's deficiencies. The need for there to be excessive amounts of sex uh, and or nudity for yeah. no particular reason, and or the need to be very. Uh, expository about it you know just dwell on it and dwell you know we were talking about this just beforehand dwelling on it and dwelling on it it's like alright I get that you guys are having sex I understand can we just move on you know it's just they're they're striving for a reality in there which I understand and I get why they're doing it but everybody's doing it and it's really just starting to irritate the crap out of me and I I just think that it's a it's just like a you know a kid with a new toy you know you find suddenly we've reached a point uh, in the sort of very puritanical American uh, press where it's become okay to do those things and so now everybody's doing them you <laughs> we, know, we just got the nudity here like right, five six we, years ago right, right exactly I mean um, whereas you know in Europe you know, they've had boobies on TV for forever yeah uh, oh my god um, but that that thing, particularly for the cable networks, because it's one of the ways in which they've, and the online networks, as we call them, it's one of the ways that they have made themselves distinctive from the commercial networks, yeah. uh, is by being able to do those things and to swear as much as they like and to make it as graphic as they like and those sort of things. So that, for me, is one of the areas that sort of lets yeah. it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, it is a fascinating... Uh, I think the ensemble's really good. It I think, is really good. I know you don't like the lead actress. Um, She's all right, actually. You know, I don't like. I no, it's it's not her. It's not. Um, what's her name? Taylor Taylor Schelling. Something like that yeah, was her Taylor name. Schilling, yeah, Taylor Schelling. Yep. It, it's um, your woman, Taryn Manning. I oh yeah, I cannot stand that seventy show. Uh, no, that's uh, Laura Prepon. You're absolutely right. Taryn Manning is Pennsylvania, the born again Lulu. Uh, Lulu Lunatic. She's she crazy. Yeah, and she is. I just think she's. I don't like her in anything. She, you know, showed up on Eight Mile, ruined everybody's life. Yeah. Rolled into Hawaii Five O, which I no longer watch. Played the beautiful guy's sister. Was terrible. I just think she, I, she does not add anything to me. And they made they promoted her to series regular for yeah. next season. And I had more than enough of her in season one. Yeah. She ended just about how I would have liked her too. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's a it's a really good ensemble cast. I mean, not everybody is as strong, but I think one of the things so 
So go go ahead with your detraction. You know, no, no. I just think uh, um, the. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Where it's interesting where the sort of uh, the lesbian aspect of the of the a female prison like that is obviously something that becomes a kind of focal point. Plus, she like odds for dudes, right? Plus, she was a lesbian and then she wasn't, and yeah. and the, the sort of one of the ongoing threads through this is the question of really which side of the fence is she batting on and and how does well, that... She just doesn't know who she is. Right. You know, she she has no idea about, you know, really who, what her identity is and who she is. Um, and so... Which is totally fine. And I, yeah. and I, underst- I would understand uh, not being a lesbian myself, um, as far as you know... Uh, Shoes were. <laughs> uh, um, that, you know, having some of their stories told on TV would be interesting yeah. and opening up and those sorts of things. I find it probably a little full on for me. Not yeah. be, not because of the lesbian content, just because of the way in which it's housed. Yeah. It's well, and really... to be fair, you find it like full on in Game of Thrones. You're consistent in when sex is so Right. It has nothing to do with, with the sort of lesbian side of it. That's just the way it's encapsulated. This Game of Thrones is just pointless nudity. It's just like, you know, I'm not a prude, happy to see boobs. Whatever, yeah. but as you you know, you're talking about sex positivity. You know, the, the <laughs> yeah, the term coined for game. There's sex position, sex position, where you're trying to hear a nice. You know, there's an important speech going on and like full, lengthy sex scene. Also at the same time, season one, the little finger speech with the women yeah. having sex behind him being the prime example. Right. Like, I was about to forward through it. And I'm like, I need to hear the speech. The speech is important. And sex I, I, position. I, yeah, I mean, I've got nothing. You know. I'm not puritanical about yeah. what goes on the TV, you know, because I think sometimes when you're telling those stories, it's important to have some of those things. But for me, it just comes down to the storytelling, yeah. and I think sometimes you take what looks like a hard option, it's actually yeah. a soft option to yeah. just go full graphic rather than try and find some interesting ways to communicate your message without necessarily needing to do that. Yeah. Well, I think um, it is compelling viewing. I think the critics were so crazy over it and I think a little bit of that was the sort of scandal factor of it. Yep. The you know the the envelope pushing. Honestly, I think yep. that's part of it because I think when you peel back the layers, and I enjoyed it, and I watched all of it yep. in like a long weekend. Yep. I mean, I just powered through yep. it. Um, some of the characters are quite broad, uh, but it's it's basically like Lost yep. in jail, in right? Jail. It, this is you know you take a bunch of random people who get together, base you know something happens and puts them all together, yep. and then they got to figure it out and live together. And you do back you know flashbacks to understand all the backstories. Uh, there are some really good actors. I think some of the characters like Red are very broad. Uh, yep. She's not Kate Mulgrew is a great actress, um, but it it's a li- that felt felt a little uneven. Yep. You know, you're like the big bad, then you're softened. But I feel like there's stories that they're telling that you don't get to see. Yep. And I like the idea of it's like these people in jail. This woman was a track star and just you know wanted to be like a normal teenage girl. Went out with the wrong guy, made some stupid mistakes, yep. and ended up there. Like I liked that idea. It added a lot of humanity, humanity. to the reality yep. to it. So it was like it's slightly like. Use the white chick as the Trojan horse. Yeah, got in there and then started playing with a really broad ensemble cast. And you're seeing actresses are really quite skilled who don't look. There's not a lot of parts for them. Yeah. And so I liked that and I liked their stories. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I did enjoy it, but I, there were certain things I, I, I felt were not lazy. I don't know what it was. It just didn't work for me. But yeah, I would right. definitely keep watching it. Yeah. Uh, the big risk is. Um, Jenji Cohen apparently is known for making a good show, but whether she can keep it a good show, right. a la Weeds, yeah. um, people wonder about the sustainability of this. Yeah, I, I think, right. you know, like Lost, you can just introduce lots of 
you know, bring out the tailies, like yeah. find more characters. Yeah. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of story to run with there. It'll be interesting because in real life, Piper Kerman ended up married to Larry. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, it was, it, it's loosely based on that, but they did take a lot of creative license. Yeah. Break off of that. So that is the thing that people are watching that we are watching. Are you all the way through? I am all the way through. Oh, you powered through it too. Yeah. That's the thing you're like, I'm not sure about this again, again. And that's the thing when they all drop at once is it's so easy to do. Well, and I, I to me, it really identifies one of the, the sort of superiority, the oncoming superiority of that model. For a, for a Netflix and a Hulu and that sort of the thing. The power of it. You, you, well, you just end up... But who pays for television if we don't have advertising? You know what I mean? Like, right? Like, they make Breaking Bad because it's show business and the, it, the business is selling the advertising to pay the yep. people to make the show. Yep. This is a different model. I don't, I don't know that this is... I like this model, but I don't know that it's good for certain things. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's just a full subscription model rather yeah. than a rather than a part subscription, part advertising model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they can manage to make it work, I'll be happy. I, I mean, I just think you don't get as elongated attraction with it yeah. uh, as you would, you know, Breaking Bad, which yeah. is on right now, because it's spanned out over yeah. you know eight weeks or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. You have a lot of talk about it week in week about while that thing's happening, whereas. With something yeah. like this, you drop the whole thing, you get a whole lot of talk, and then it wanes a little bit, and then a whole bunch of new people find it. And yeah. it's really fascinating for somebody who hates to have to wait for things, even if I don't particularly like the television series, but I want to wind my way through it. I find it fantastic. Yeah. But it is an interesting disruption to the model. Well, I think no one thought, no one knew whether to take it seriously or not. And with Emmy nominations, not that the Emmys matter, but. Netflix is to be taken seriously. Yep. It, uh, I think it got more nominations than the networks. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Not good for business. No. Under the Dome, based on Stephen King's story, is a thing that is happening on CBS. This is, like, much regale, I mean, much hated by the, reviled by the critics. Yeah. But people are watching it. Maybe yeah. because it's on CBS. Maybe because Dean Norris is on it. And yeah. There's Breaking Bad Love. Did you watch it? My girls hate it. So we, we, it's not managed to find a Guernsey in yeah. my house. I've seen two episodes. It's just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. I watched three and deleted it from my DVR. Yeah. Right. I forget what the inciting incident was. I put it on Facebook. And I'm like, and I'm out. I, it just was like two. And I hear it's getting better. Um, better quotes. I don't know. It's renewed. And again, sliding summer scale. Would this have found its audience in the main season? Probably not. But no. it's renewed. Like, I like Dean Norris working. I'm all for that. Yep. So, you know, now that he's not going to be Hank Schrader on Breaking Bad. He needs, you know, he needs yep. to feed the family. So yeah, exactly right. I'm all for that. Mouth to feed. Uh, Low Winter Sun is on FX. It yep. is what they're trying to build after Breaking Bad. Yep. They're trying real, real they're, hard. They're working their asses. Good off, God, right? yeah. Including embedding like 30 seconds of a Breaking Bad preview. Right. We're the, not going to show you the preview at the end of the show like we normally do. We're going to wait until you've had to watch yeah. the first bit yeah. of... Watch this. Wait 40 minutes to watch like 15 minutes of oblique crap about next week's Breaking Bad. I was like... Uh, on general principle, I should delete the show from my DVR. <laughs> so this uh, has Mark Strong, who is a British actor who I really like, who I've seen in person. I've been standing next to him in a theater, in a little theater oh, in North London, God. many moons ago. Uh, but he is a good actor. It is a remake of a British show in which he also featured. I don't know why we felt like we had to do one over here so he can play in America. I, I don't get why that this happened, right? Like, just show that one over here. I don't understand British accents here. Yes, we would need subtitles. Yes. So, it's not great. I'm watching <laughs> Martha, it on. I don't know what the hell he's saying. 
Uh, eh, low, low Winter Sun. It, it's not doing particularly well no. critically. I don't know if it's going to make it past season one. Like, I want to like it for Mark Strong and a few of the other performances. Uh, yeah, Gail Benneker, I... a la Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Constable, something that was his name. Yeah. He's I can't see it going to season two. No. I just don't think it's got it in it. They tried. I mean, FX yeah. really tried to fan that. Flame. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you can't... I mean, they won't die, you know, without knowing. I mean, they're, 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 they'll have pressed every button they can press to possibly make it happen. All right, so that is brand new things. Yep. I can't say that I would highly recommend most of it, but Anything I would say... Anything sitting on that list, possibly, with Orange the exception of Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I yeah. think. I mean, I will watch. I will keep watching Broadchurch for sure. I want to. I want to know who done it. Although, if you Google, you will find out who did it because it showed on British television. No, 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 no. I'm not listening to you. Stay out of trouble on that one. Um, stay off the Google. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions. So these are not so new, but new. So these yep. are you know, season one shows that yep. we think you should. I think you should watch yep. in most cases. Rectify was on Sundance. This was a short season of a show, and what it is is a story in a small town of a guy who was convicted for the, I believe, rape and murder of a, a, a high school friend uh, who's been in jail for many years who gets cleared and let out. Yeah. And it's about his reintegration in society, the ripples that causes in his family and in the community. It is unbelievably slow in a way that I in like the arty way that I like that a lot of people probably don't <sighs> it is a really beautiful show right. it made me cry just like quiet moments made me cry and I, I don't know I think it's worth watching it's also incredibly short so you can burn right through them yep. uh, so I think it's worth checking out it is renewed for season 2 it has some really really strong cast and I, I'm afraid I can't remember the, the man who created it is, uh, sort of the actor director um he is an actor. He's not featured in this. But I just think it's wonderfully cast, and it's an interesting story. I found it compelling, but it's very slow. Yeah. But it really sucks. It really sucked me in. Uh, Top of the Lake. This uh, has Elizabeth Moss from TV's Mad Men uh, and various other things. And this is, oh, she's one of your people who created this. Uh, Top of the Lake. I'm so sorry. Jane Campion. Oh, yeah. yeah really? One of your people. Holly yeah, yeah. Hunter is in this. Um, Directed the piano. Yes, yes. Uh, so this is another like weird nudity. Mm-hmm. It's like they're solving a gruesome, you know. So the, um, Elizabeth Moss plays a woman who's come home to see her family. She has some dark secrets. Uh, she's in New Zealand. This yep. is in New Zealand, yep. so she's speaking with that accent. Yep. Um, uh, with varying degrees of success. Yeah. Uh, so she's gone back to her small town. She is a, a, a crime fighter. Yeah. So this is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, she does kind of like sex crime. She's like an SVU sort of yep. type, uh, I believe, and and specifically geared toward children. Yeah. yeah. So she Largely comes home and gets sheep. pulled into a case. <laughs> there are sheep. Uh, pulled into a case of a young young child who's pregnant, and says she doesn't know how she became pregnant. She thinks it's sort of immaculate conception. Yeah. Uh, and into these poor communities, uh, you know, a lot unfolds, dark secrets. Holly Hunter plays this sort of cult leader, a cult of women who live in um, those, like, sort of uh, the back of a, 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 a truck that carries things, you yep. know, the, that big area where you can store things. They yep. live in those. Like, they have a name. I don't know what it is. It's not my thing. Uh, they live in those along the water. Yeah. Uh, all these different families and dark secrets unroll, uh, unfurl. But and uh, Elizabeth Moss gets reconnected with an old flame and it's like we're out in the woods solving crime and we're having sex full nudity I was just like it's organic in that you are in nature but it's not organic to the story yeah you know you've established a character who's quite serious and earnest and then just it does these things so it again felt like 
if sex happens, fine, but they're just ramming it in because they can. Yeah, right. So to speak. <laughs> Thank you. So, pardon me. That's a poor choice of expressions. It really was. Washing <laughs> here. So, it was good. It was a good show. I was yeah. really interested in the story, although it's one of those stories where I felt this way about Dexter, where you get the end of it and say, that was a well-told story. I'm not sure I needed that story to be told. Yeah, right. You know, like, I've started to get worried about the amount, and I don't know if I spoke about this last week, apologies if I did, but... The amount of preying upon women and children that is all over television yep. and movies. You know, the victimization, rape, uh, you know, like the, the molestation, the murder. It just worries me that there's so much of that. Like, that's why I don't watch SVU and I watch procedurals. Yeah. I just, I don't know that you need to put this in people's brains. Yeah. So if you're me and you're unlikely to go molest children on the back of this, fine. But it is a very dark story. It is beautifully filmed and well acted and well and it's interesting. But I'm a little iffy about the content, to be it honest with pretty, you. It is pretty. It's pretty challenging if you look across the spectrum of what's on TV right yeah. now. The amount of shows about murders, murderers, yeah. serial killers. Uh, rapists is really, really high. Yeah. I mean, it's like scary high. You know, as a, yeah. as a, as a sort of, as a father of children, yes. uh, you sort of look at it and you just go, A, I really don't need my daughters consuming it. Right. You know, and I, I'm pretty, you know, relatively easygoing about, about you know, uh, you know, PG thirteen. I realise you're not thirteen, but you know, I've seen yeah. the movie and it's fine. Uh, but there are a whole swag of things on TV <laughs> that I would never let them in anywhere near uh, because they're just they're so dark, and, and the, the sort of the darkness of it continues to just sort of plough deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, the killings and the you know, it's just oh, yeah. it's just like. Oh, killing was mass murder of young women this season. Right. Yeah, and it was like, I feel like I need a shower after I watch these things. Yeah. You know, just to clean. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just, I, I skew toward, I like these kind of shows. Yep. but And I maybe, because there's so many of them, I'm consuming a lot of them, I'm feeling the overload. But I think, yep. I think it is a problematic trend. Uh, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, the I mean, the good family. thing with those sort of trends is that generally they're swings and roundabouts, so yeah. they'll, they'll come to a point where people just stop enjoying them or they'll move on to something else. Or, yeah, there's going to be a point where they're going to like make all the darkness just dull, and then people right. are like, yeah, I'm bored. Yeah. That's what happened with me with The Killing, and I kept, I'm like in, a, in an abusive relationship with that show. <laughs> I can't leave it, but, it, but we hate each other now. <laughs> Um, so on the better spectrum, so less dark, orphan, not not exactly light, fair, but is orphan black. Something really weird just happened at the train station. What? I saw a girl kill herself. Who? <laughs> yeah, and she looked exactly like me. I've got to go up to a flat. She's got $75,000 in a savings account. I have an idea. Sarah, any second, someone's going to ID the body and it's game over. You're damn right. You're damn right. Beth, what's happened? A lot. You're not Beth. Do you even know who you're talking to? How many of us are there? So I talked about this it's to a great show. 
Yeah, this is a good show. So this is, uh, and it's largely on the back, mostly of one actress who plays uh, clones. This yep. is what this is. So yep. well, it starts with a woman who's sort of down on her luck. You can't say clones without it making it sound like it's going to be a stupid idea, but it's actually really smart. Yeah, because it's well written and well executed. I mean, yep. it's not a perfect show, but this actress is so good at fully sort of creating all these disparate characters and giving them real lives yep. that it, it it propels everything. Yeah. So it's an interesting mystery. They, they've they only gotten started. It can get dark and quite violent in yep. places, especially as it goes on. So it starts out with her. She's trying to escape an abusive boyfriend or husband. They have a child, but she is not. She doesn't have custody of the child. She sees a woman on a train, sub, on a subway platform that looks exactly like her, jump in front of a train. Yeah. And she assumes the woman ide- uh, woman's identity out of desperation and then comes to realize, because she has money and she needs a, a change uh, and then comes to realize that that she is one of many clones we are not alone yes and it's and the characters are really really different you've got americans you've got brits you've got all sorts yeah you've got the amicable gay sidekick yeah um it's always good Wait, for, for humor <laughs> i'm not saying he's gay <laughs> Um, but I really liked this show. Yeah. I, and critics really liked it. This is one of the people that people really... Like, I think the TCA, the Television Critics Association, they awarded her the Best Actress. Okay. Uh, but she didn't get any Emmy love. But she should have. She's incredibly good. Like, this yeah, woman yeah. is going places. Yeah. And, and that's a lot for me because I think she's Canadian, so... Ooh, you know, really? Take it back. No. No taxi Mark, taxis. <laughs> well, mark that because you're not going to hear that a lot. Um, you know what? The, this show is hard to find. Is it? Right now. Because can you buy it on the iTunes? That's about the only place you can find it right now. It's, it's not available on on demand on any of the. Um, and this was a BBC America produced, production. yeah. Yep. So not um, purchased from. Correct, and, and so they did have it up for a while to be able to see, but they've now taken it down. So uh, yeah, iTunes, if you want to buy it, uh, is the only Honestly, place to find it right now. It's kind of worth it. Yeah, if you like thing I don't know clone related science fiction it's in that world it's just it's very yeah but it's not you and it has some pretty it's not nerd science fiction it's it's still pretty you know drama driven and character driven rather than being a look we got another clone there is some randomly dropped in sex here and there but it's still like it's a minimal thing yeah I'm gonna give them a pass on it considering how everything else is I'm giving them a pass on it but like thumbs up on this one I really like I watch this it's long gone now which is why it's probably so difficult to obtain but I I mean for it's type of thing again with my rating I get like a 7 yeah. So I really like. She's wonderful. Tatiana Has it been Mavlani. given a season two? Yeah. Great. Next year. So that's Orphan Black. That's the only thing about these things is they drop these things all in one hit, and then you have to wait a whole year yeah. to see it anymore. I'm I mean, that's serialized. Like they that. did week after week, but yeah, they d- did yeah. it all and then see it in a year because I think they really were going to see did this thing fly or not before yeah, they right. paid more money for it. But yeah, really worth seeing. The other thing was a web phenomenon. It was a series of shorts that were on the web called uh, Drunk History yep. that has now been made into a TV series on Comedy Central with every comedian you've ever known or liked and many comedic actors you love and some serious actors that you love. Uh, so this, I loved the original Drunk Histories. This was, I think, a brainchild, uh, or Will Ferrell was certainly in there. It's on uh, Funny or Die, which is their yep. ne- the network he, um, I think, co-runs with yep. Adam McKay. Yeah. Um, so these, some of these are really funny. So the idea is that someone who is usually an actor, actress, someone like that, not a historian, tells a story about something that they really love after getting absolutely wasted. Yeah, right. And what they do is they intercut, and like when a writer was on it, they intercut between scenes of, of that um, people in costume acting out the story. Yes. But with the words supplied by the, the drunken historian, yeah, okay. quote-unquote historian. 
they can really, really be funny. I, I, I don't know. It's a bit of like, it's like world's longest one trick pony. Yeah, right. Like it is more of the same, but some of them are really, really brilliant. One of the early ones had Crispin Glover and featured the line. Tesla is like the electric Jesus <laughs> that was unbelievably funny. While the storyteller, I think at that point, is lying on the ground. Like, a lot of times, they'll be like, I just got, I got to, I got to just lay down or do something. You're like, it's it's better if I if I sit on my, you know, like on my knees and hold this wastebasket just in case. <laughs> and so, it was, and some of them are gross because people actually do throw up, which yeah. is a little unpleasant. That is um, a little distasteful. Yeah. I guess it's to show how method the storyteller wow. is. And some of the, I mean, the cameos alone are kind of worth it. And if you're a comedy nerd, which I am a little bit, un- like all these people you follow on Twitter, you think are hilarious, you're yeah. seeing them. Uh, so I don't know, it, you know, it's a throwaway. It's not the best thing, but it is worth seeing for a couple segments. Yeah. I don't know if it's a sustainable thing. I believe it did get a second season, but we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. But find the old ones on the web. Uh, there's some really, really, really good ones. Awesome. There's one with Don Cheadle that I highly recommend. So, and th- that's the fun factor. I think, um, like Ryan. Gosling did like all sorts yeah, of people right. have done them, uh, so that's worth seeing. Uh, returning shows, so yep. we talked a bit about the killing and yep. Luther. Both of them, I think, season three started really strongly uh, for me for the killing. Did you watch the killing? No. Okay, this time was a mass murder. Uh, Yay! Yeah, like sixteen, seventeen girls in bags on the water. Uh, nice. Yeah, they they did some interesting things in that they did uh, a parallel story of someone who was uh, uh, on death row in okay. prison who was uh, related to the centralized story. Yep. This is I, I like Joel Kinnaman who plays one of the two crime solving duo. I really really like him, but I think this show can't get out of its own freaking way and yeah, bad right. mood. I don't know. Like I'm in an abusive relationship. I will keep if they keep watching it. I will keep hating Venus suit and watching the show every week and. T- and texting my friend. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like, it's you know when something is it could be great, you just think, like, one little push, and you could be really, really yeah. good. I believe in you. Yeah. I sort of, but I don't. Yeah. And, you know, Venus did Cold Case. Cold Case, of course I watched, because, you know, procedural. Procedural. <laughs> I don't want, I don't watch CSI. I don't watch, for the record, Law and Orders. Really? Any of them? No. Really? Yeah. So. Is this a Dick Wolf thing? You don't like Chicago oh, Fire. Oh god, either. well that is it's, a, it's, it's Chicago Fire. It's a Dick Wolf thing. That's it's what it is. Terrible. It's, it's He's personal. not behind CSI though. No, that's true. No, no. Law and Order SVU I think is the best of all of them. It's just, I don't need that in my head. I will watch it occasionally because it's on all the time. Yeah, you're pretty messed up as it is. I yeah, I don't need Let's to die more. Honest. Kind of like, and I don't watch Criminal Minds. Also too dark. Fair enough. And I feel like every crazed lunatic has like superpowers in evading evading the police. Like a lot of criminals aren't that bright. Yeah, that's true. Like they do get caught. It happens. That's true. Otherwise, the court system wouldn't be kind of full. So I, I just get bored of all this. Like you're, you know, crime fighting master crime masterminds. Uh, but yeah, I don't watch all of those. I yep. do like something like The Killing, where it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more niche. You know, a little bit yep. darker. Very moody. I, I, yeah, it's a shame. So, season three, I don't know if it'll get a season four. I hope it doesn't, because I don't want to be <laughs> caught. I want to break up forever, but I can't. It's uh, not me, it's you. It's her. It's, yeah. it's Vina. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Luther was season three. So, Luther is the Idris Elba vehicle, yep. which, you know, there you go. Record. Whatever. Yeah. So um, he is a cop with you know a dark and this is dark as the day is long. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, like the stories are again criminal masterminds, but really evil evil doers. Like yep. this season, the first murder, I, I wasn't. I had that kind of. Am I gonna be able to sleep tonight? Yeah. Right. Criminal killer hides under bed, Sweet. waits till woman goes to sleep, and then silently slides out. It was 
terrifying because I'm a giant adult baby. I'm yeah. not scary thing. So I was full body dry heave when I saw it and I had to stop and go back to it later and kind of shake it off. Did you check onto your bed? I have a lot of crap under my bed, which is another great thing about being a New Yorker. <laughs> like every space is storage. So unless he's on top of a folded trampoline that I bought on a whim. <laughs> Because rebounders are supposedly good for you, not if you have a bad back. Uh, so unless he's, I think the springs on the rebounder would knot the guy up if he was hiding under yeah, there. Yeah, probably right. So it'd be the only way I get a man in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so the killing, uh, Luther. Luther season three, I think, didn't do as well in England as uh, as I understand it, and wasn't the greatest. Yeah. So they have this interesting character who is a. Do you care? Do people? Do you care? He's a vigilante. His wife was murdered and the police never closed the case. She was right. raped and murdered and stuffed into an airing cupboard in his home and it destroyed him. He was a successful architect. Yeah. And so he is now vengefully killing people who also did not get brought to justice. As you do. You see him initially. Uh, there's a couple doing a meet cute about to have their first kiss, been friends for years, and get attacked by these band of ruffians who yeah. are be- almost beating the guy to death. Uh, yeah. Maybe a council estate, I'm not sure. He shoots that guy. And you're kind of like, yeah, good. That guy yeah. needed to be killed. Yeah. Um, he shoots two of them. Let's the rest go. But he shoots the two who apparently have a record of doing awful, awful things. Right. Uh, and so then he, he gets a website, as one does, uh, gets some critical mass. The concern of the police is, of course, that you don't want vigilante justice because yep. you could be wrong. Yep. But then at one point, spoiler alert, okay, for two minutes if you don't want to hear this, he turns. So when he's a righteous guy who yep. is broken, but then he shoots Luther's partner and then goes after Luther's girlfriend and Luther. So now he's just a killer. Yeah, right. You know, like the, so you create an interesting character where you kind of want to relate to him and then yep. just blow it out lazily. Yeah, right. So stuff like that, I thought, like, you can do better. You've done better. Yeah, right. And they had a, a character, these twins, who, last season, who would roll dice and decide who to kill. Yeah. But at least, like, there was, like, something anarchic and random and they were yep. terrifying because you, it could be you. This was just a shame. It's, like, good principle and just crap execution. Yep. So I was disappointed by that. Yeah, right. It's also weird. It's four episodes and they do two cases and they don't. It was basically like, these are different things. Nope, same thing. Yeah. So, eh, uh, Luther. Like, I, Idris Elba is great in it. Yeah. Everybody loves Ruth Wilson. I'm not a big fan. But um, she plays a character who comes back who was in season one who's a cold-blooded killer who somehow becomes friends. There's an art, will they, won't they, with Luther. A devastating connection between these two. <laughs> uh, so, at any rate, I mean, it's still, it's not a bad show, but I think it's kind of a disappointing season. And it is, I would say, if you don't like things that are too dark, I, I would probably opt out for it. So, the only darkness I appreciated most on that was Idris himself. I'm sure. Beautiful. The chocolate loving. So, oh, that reminds me of my, one of my favorite all-time Dave Chappelle sketches where where the character is calling uh, Eddie Murphy, his brother Charlie Murphy, darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Chappelle show. I will do a little special tribute someday to my favorite sketches from that. Uh, Arrested Development came back. Yep. So, again, uh, this is an interesting story because this was on Fox. They played hide the show, like yep. finally made it hard to get. Yeah, uh, didn't it was? It's funny, like um, Mitchell Hurwitz, Mitch Hurwitz, the creator, will say now that if they were pulling those numbers now, they'd get renewed. Yep. But it was, you know, when when they're always a little behind in how to measure success. Yep. So this had a fabulous DVR following and uh, and disc selling, yep. uh, and 
I loved the show. I was obsessed with it. You know, there's been this six seasons in a movie thing going for a long yeah. time. So we, you know, they were always talking about doing a movie. What would it really come back? A lot of these people have gone on to pretty phenomenal success. Many on yep. the back of this show. Yep. Many are like long-term character actors. Uh, they made it again. So they went into business and they did a, an interesting thing because they couldn't get everybody. Uh, I don't know together you, at the same time. Yeah, right? they did a lot of like green screening and yep. they did episodes that were sort of central character centric. And yep. they did a model that was fascinating, which is paying you for how much screen time you had. Yeah. Wow. So it was a scale. Yep. So if it was a U episode, you made X. If yep. you were two minutes of it, you made Y. Yep. And I think it was just logistically the most simple way to weigh it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they worked in all these people's complicated schedules because many people have other shows. Yeah. And, and, and put it together. So and what they did was like an unfolding story, like a prism with different. Um, so you you follow one character on a plane, and then you realize later that the other character was on the plane behind them. Yeah. So they do it's like a prism. You're seeing the same thing through different lenses. lenses. Yeah. Uh, which. This is one of the best shows comedies ever made in yep. the history of time. I will go on record for that. It's wow. in my top five in the pantheon and things like Monty Python for me. Yep. So this is a wonderful, wonderful show. Even when it's not its former glory, yep. it's still really good. And this is not its former glory. I don't though, think right? so, but there were so. some moments of greatness. I don't think people appreciate it because I think... I don't know. I don't know if it would have been better dropped once a week versus yeah. binge watching like I did. Like the creator said not to do it. I didn't. I took it down in two days. Yeah. So I had to. Yeah. It's like the drug you've always wanted. Here it is. There's a whole bag of it. Are you not yeah. going <laughs> to use it? Like you waited for years for this. Would you really not go for the whole bag? I'm not a rationate sort of person. I know. I will eradicate. Moderate. Moderation is not your strong suit. No. So it's hilarious because my, my grandfather watched all of Lost in yeah. like two weeks. Like 121 episodes. Like. I was born this way. It's not my fault. Yeah, no. It's, it's in the family genes. Nice. Uh, so I still love it. I have a lot of affection for this show. I hope they'll make more. Um, I think it was... I think he did what he could with a weird constraint, and actually it's relatively successful. Yeah. So I still say watch it. Go back and watch the other ones. There's some recurring bits and brilliant, brilliant, typically Arrested Development brilliance in it. Yeah, yeah. So there were some weaker episodes, but some really good ones. We're just about out of time. Yeah. But we have to talk about Breaking Bad before we go. Okay. Should we do the newsroom next week? Because oh. it will have just wrapped up. Sophie's Choice. Sophie's Choice. That is a good question. Yeah, let's review newsroom when it's done Tim? next week. Okay. I think. Right, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. We've got three apps to go? Three or four. I think it's three. I think oh, we're down, oh, I I think we're down to three I'm in now. denial. <laughs> I can't. What do you make of the final season thus far? I am... Loving it. It's fantastic, right? Oh my god. So the last two weeks have been slightly slower. Yeah. Rabbit dog and whatever the last moment. But but it was because you didn't breathe for the first three. I mean, they... The first three were <laughs> insanity in terms of the level of tension. Right? Two or three. Uh, the level of just sort of sheer, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This is not happening right now. This is not happening. Oh, what's she going to do? Yeah. Well, uh, don't you feel like it's the only TV show... That I ever watch where I'm like, I have no idea what's no going to happen. No idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to try and theorize because what they've got is better and I trust them. Yeah. Like, they burnt through stuff in episode one of this back half of this weirdo season. Yeah. That I thought they wouldn't get to the end. Like, the fact that Hank knows that he's Heisenberg. Like, they went right through that, their confrontation. Yeah. I thought, oh, we'll do that at the end. Yeah. So I, I am loving it. it. And now they're they're doing, like, they've slowed it back down a little bit, yeah. and they're moving chess pieces around and alliances around, and it's so interesting. Did you see this week's episode? Oh, yes. Going out with the gunfight at the end of the episode. Just 
you know, continuing to sort of ratchet it up every week and uh, to uh, an almost unbearable level. It is. Almost... I'm actually great. In one sense, I'm glad that I'm not able to just consume it all at once. I'm loving like the pain because <laughs> it hurts so good. Yeah, because there's so few left. I'm, I'm sort of like loving, hating this yeah. this waiting game that we're playing. But this is such unbelievably good television. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything better on TV right now. No. I, I really don't. They've crafted it so well. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, and they've just... The pacing of it is amazing. The tension of it is amazing. Uh, you know, just... And, I mean, one of the things that I really like about it is that they've managed to craft characters who are all good people and flawed people at exactly the same and, and, and those yeah. the, the percentages of those things seem to vary on it, on any given day but all for very valid reasons they're not one of those things where you just go oh you're a completely evil bastard it's like oh well Walt is a completely evil bastard yeah. except he keeps choosing his family over or people who he considers family yeah. over those things and uh, you know so so there's still some sort of moral fiber going yeah. on in there and, and on the flip side of that, you look at somebody like Skylar, who's been a sort of maligned wife or whatever, who's kind of put up with everything, who, who basically, uh, was it last week's episode, who basically like, well... What's if, one more? Yeah, if you, what's one more? If you, if you have to kill Jesse Pinkman, then, you know, so be it. It's like, holy crap, really? But... It might have been two weeks ago when, when he, he, Walt lied and said he'd never heard anybody. Put, took them to the hotel. The, yeah. uh... Because uh, Jesse almost set their house on fire. <laughs> Um, but that's, justifiably so, right? But you believe it, right? Even though it's a it's a major sort of turn in her character thing, it's not one of those things where you just go, "Oh, I don't buy that." Well, she got cornered by yep. Hank, and Hank kind of fumbled the ball on that situation, and then she just picked her family, yeah, like her immediate, you know, her husband over her sister, yeah, and just thought, well, the only way to keep this, you know, like all this has been terrible. Ostensibly, the only thing that was worth it is to preserve my family yep. and the money. Yep. So what can I do? And so now she's kind of made her choice, and so she's in more. Yep. She kind of has made her choice in, in fits and starts. I mean, yep. she started money laundering. She worked for him. You know, she's her her corruption has been slow and measured. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting to see where she is now. I think she's so. less numb though. She has more agency this season to me than she did in the period like in the try to drown myself in the swimming pools. So the kids will go. Yeah. Stay somewhere safe. Like. She's I mean, a little bit less his victim now. To, yeah, I, I he agree. He can't I lie mean, to her. To me, I, I think that one of the things that I really like about the show is the sort of corrupting and uncorrupting of character and this notion of um, just unfolding that and giving people weaknesses. I, I don't favor the idea that just making everybody corrupt and showing that everybody is inherently evil is a, is a good thing because I don't think that's what they've done here. Yeah. Whereas you look... This really interesting. There's not a lot of moralizing going on, but at the same time, there's a lot of revealing of moral character and what that means and what it doesn't mean. Whereas you see a show like Game of Thrones, which I desperately love, yeah. nothing good ever happens to good people on that show. Yeah. If you're good, that person is going to die. If you're bad, you're probably going to succeed and move on to the next episode. Yeah. It's just, you know, there is no moral. I don't, know, I don't know whether there will ever be one to wrap it all up with or it will just be one of those things where good people die. I invade the cast and kill Cersei <laughs> myself. Um, whereas this show, to me, has a real sort of moral compass to it. Yeah. There's no moralizing, but, but, it, but it has a, a, an underpinning there, which is what, to me, makes it most fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so, 
amazing yeah. searings. And this, I feel like, is an unusual like for you. It's yep. not really your thing, but this is, I mean, I think that says doubly, like, this is fully in my wheelhouse. It's a little less your thing. No, I think, I think you're right. I, I just think it's impossible not to like yeah. as a show. I mean, I mean, I guess some people don't like it, but, but I, I just think it's so well-crafted. The story yeah. is so well-told. The acting is so good. The writing is so good. Uh, it's just, you know... It, as we're, I say, we're saving for an RV. We're going to also cook, Matt. We are also going to cook. In well, Wisconsin. How, how else are we going to pay for this show? Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't wait to see the next few episodes. And we'll talk about it again once the season's wrapped up. I'm still in a little bit of denial. That's it for this week. Next week, yeah. we will, in fact, talk about uh, the newsroom. Aaron's working in the if, newsroom. Indeed. I know we both have a few reservations about this season. Um, but good things. Cherry Dantana. <laughs> um, but we'll look forward to seeing that. Uh, talking about that next week, you can find us in all the usual places on the Facebook uh, and on on the Twitter on the Twitter uh, the Oversharers something like that yes the Overshare <laughs> <laughs> the Oversharers and then is on Facebook it is the Overshare Podcast there it is and on iTunes if if you haven't found us there which I would think you have it is the Overshare Podcast all one word not like that other evil Overshare Podcast no they got nothing on us right. All right, have an amazing week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Talk to you then, guys. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points... And may God have mercy on your soul.